Welcome to the Council of Coaches podcast, where fitness professionals from around the world talk clients, marketing, technique, and generally just have some fun. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Council of Coaches podcast. We have a special treat for you this week. We have our first guest host, but first, let me introduce everyone we have here today. We have Fred in the UK. Hello. hello. Awesome. And Chris also in the UK. Hello. Awesome. And Jake in the US from Minnesota. Hey, everyone. Yep. And I'm Lindsay in Indiana, as always. So I am so excited. So a couple weeks ago, if you guys saw on our Instagram, we put out a call for guest hosts, just because as a council, even though we've only made about five official episodes, we've actually been meeting and talking to each other since January of 2021. So about 10 months, um, and we're kind of getting tired of just talking to ourselves. So we wanted to bring on some friends uh, to join the fun and, and just learn from more people, because I think there's a lot of really fun people out there with a lot of interesting stories, and, and we definitely want to hear them. And, you know, there's so many different uh, perspectives in the fitness industry, and we definitely want to dive deeper into that. So all that being said, so our first guest is Alex. So she is actually from my home state here in Indiana in the U.S. And Alex is actually a really prominent tattoo artist here in Indianapolis. Her books are so hard to get into. It's at least a four to six month wait period, if that. Uh, So if that tells you anything about Alex's tattoo skills, we'll be tagging her in the Instagram post. You can see for for yourself. I have one of her pieces on my shoulder. I get tons of compliments about it. Uh, But Alex wanted to come on to talk about her personal fitness journey and sort of how she went from, you know, what sort of went from being a beginner to ultimately competing in powerlifting competitions as an adult. Um, So Alex, yeah, say hi to everybody. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Awesome. No, so happy to have you here, Alex. So I guess the best place to start is kind of the beginning. So what what made you start thinking about going to the gym or thinking about fitness? Yeah. Um, so basically like all through high school and stuff, I was like never good at sports, like at all. Um, I was terrible. Anything with a ball, especially I have zero hand eye coordination. So my, um, dad would always want me to sign up for like uh, softball and basketball and all these, um, team sports. And I just was really, really bad at them. Um, so I just decided that I was not an athletic person. I started drawing. Um, and as I got older and spent time sitting in a desk drawing all the time, um, I started putting weight on, um, and that kind of started when I was in high school, I was just never, um, you know, you, I mean, you always look back at yourself in high school and go, Oh, I wish I was as fat as I thought I was in high school. Um, but right. I, I, I feel like I started putting on weight in high school and then, um, it just kind of progressively, um, got, um, more and more out of control as I got into college, um, ate Taco Bell for like every meal. Cause I was a broke college student. And, uh, by the time I, and I'm only five foot two. So a lot of time when I tell this, pe- like this story, a lot of people are like, Oh, you weren't that big, but I'm very short. So, um, I got up to 178 pounds, uh, and that's when I stopped weighing myself because I didn't want to see the number on the scale anymore. Cause I was embarrassed. Um, and then there was a point in time where I saw a picture of myself from my sister's wedding and just like, didn't even recognize myself. Like I literally had to do like a double take at the photo. Cause I was like, I am not in this picture. And then I was like, Oh my God, that's me. And, uh, after just, you know, having some family, um, experience some health issues, like I just kind of decided like, okay, enough's enough. And then that's kind of where my fitness journey started. Wow. No, I, I can definitely relate to that. Uh, well, wait, so Alex, so how old were you then when you decided you were ready to make a change? Um, so I think I was about 25 or 26 um, when that started and I'm 29 now. So what did you do first? So, so you, you were, you, you reflected back, you realized you were at a place where you weren't comfortable. So what, yeah, what was step one? What was step one, day one? 
so uh i had come out of like a pretty well i was still in a pretty toxic relationship with my uh at the time best friend who introduced me to the body positivity movement and at the time which i was going to say this is like probably going to be my controversial um opinion of the podcast is at the time i was super uh like into the body positivity movement because it gave me an excuse to be happy with my body the way I it was and um at first it started out with like a lot of self-love and a lot of um you know like things that seemed good on the outside but then I once I accepted myself as I was um I started rapidly putting on even more weight and I think if I was going to be realistic about it I probably hit close to 200 pounds um without knowing it because I just wasn't weighing myself um I was also drinking super heavily because that friend um you know she liked to drink a lot and she you know encouraged me to drink a lot mm -hmm. and it, I just really was not taking care of my body and I was doing it under the guise of self-love um and like radical self-acceptance and all of this stuff and so when I finally realized that like oh my gosh like this like I'm not loving myself I'm killing myself here um the first thing I did was um which this is like not the best thing to probably do but I just like started kind of doing different crash diets um keto was like super popular that was like when keto first started getting I feel like um really you know um popularized like on social media and stuff so I was like well that's working for everybody else like I should probably just like do that since it's working for everybody else and I like lost seven pounds like right away and then I realized I love pasta more than anything in my life and I was really <laughs> right. sad all the time because I couldn't have pasta um so after trying a couple crash diets and like um you know losing you know 10 to 20 pounds and then gaining them again um I actually went and saw a doctor um like a bariatric uh specialist and um they actually diagnosed me with an insulin resistance and as pre-diabetic um, so from there I started like learning to understand my body and like what was actually going on a little bit better, um, from just like a medical point of view. And that's where I wow. started like, t like separating the emotional side of like, you know, being called fat and that being like an insult with like, oh, like fat isn't an insult. It's just like a thing that you have and like everybody has fat, but if you have too much of it, then that's where there can be an issue. So once I started understanding like my insulin resistance and I started changing my diet in like practical ways, um, then that's when I was able to start like more consistently losing weight. Um, and then I didn't hate the gym as much because up until that point, I had started just going to um, Planet Fitness and which I don't know if they have uh, Planet Fitness in the UK, but that place is like a shit show. And so <laughs> like I, I started going to Planet Fitness and I remember I got kicked out one day because I was wearing spaghetti straps no and it, yeah and it, I like broke their dress code so they like made me go home and so it just kind of felt uh yeah and they were always like trying to sign me up for like the um personal training like at the planet fitness but it was like kids that were like just out of high school and stuff mm -hmm. and I just felt like they didn't have any real knowledge but I was such a beginner like I didn't know the difference you know at the time um so I just, I started like, basically I would just do like the circuits like that they have at um, Planet Fitness where it's like, you just like, they have machines that are literally like in a circle and you just like do all of them. And then I would just do like an hour of the, on the elliptical because I had no direction. Um, and it really wasn't until I started like following people on Instagram uh, that I really started being like, okay, like there's like more of a science behind this than, you know, just like going to the gym and you do something for an hour and then like changes happen. It's like, you have to really understand like that, what muscle groups you're focusing on. Like, I didn't even know about like push pull days, like splits or like anything right. like that. So I was just like going in there and literally just being like, this sounds like a fun thing to do. Like I'll do this. So I wasn't really making any progress. Um, trying to do it on my own and I think that that's a thing a lot of beginners like make mistakes with is they go to the gym and they spend like a year sometimes in the gym just kind of being like well I'm going to the gym for an hour every day and I'm not seeing any results but it's because they don't know what they're doing and like what they're working on um, and they might even be doing things that are counterintuitive because like if you're working legs like every single day well then you know you guys obviously know you're not giving time for recovery so you're not going to see any like improvement um, so I kind of think that's what I was doing. I was just like going in, doing a ton of abs because I wanted a flat stomach. And we all know that's how you get a flat stomach is just like <laughs> right. by just doing abs every day. 
crunches nonstop, <laughs> yeah. nonstop yeah. crunches. Yeah. So, um, so then, uh, that was pretty uh, futile for a while um, as far as like making, I mean, I was losing a little bit of weight, but besides that, I wasn't making any like significant progress. And then I actually met a girl um, that I tattooed um, who was into bodybuilding and she was so jacked. And I was like, just shocked. I had never seen a woman with like that much muscle, like in real life before. And I was just like obsessed with her. And I was just like, I like need to like figure out how you're doing this. And she was like, oh, well, come to the gym with me. And, you know, like, I'll show you. And I was like, okay. So I started going to the gym with her. And she was the one who originally like started explain. And she honestly didn't even know that much either. She had a coach that was basically telling her what to do. So she was just repeating to me what her coach was telling her. Um, but that kind of made me realize, okay, there's an actual science to this. It isn't just show up to the gym and do something and you'll see results. Um, and then when I went to her first bodybuilding show, I remember, like, I just remember thinking, like, I'm not going to be really into this, like, because it's like girls in bikinis and it's like, you know, just like, I'm not really girly. And I was just like, this is stupid, but I'm going to go support my friend. And I literally was like sitting in the audience, like bawling, like crying because I was like, mm -hmm. so like had this like secondary proudness for like all of these people. Um, and the, the particular show that my friend was competing in, they had um, one award that they gave out that they highlighted like the biggest transformation. And they showed this girl um, a picture of her and she looked very similar to me, like when I started my fitness journey. And then she got up on the stage and she was just like shredded and like, you know, just like looked amazing. And so like looking at that, and that was the first time I had like really seen like, in real life, you know, not just like Instagram, like Photoshop, whatever before and after is like, it's like, oh my gosh, like somebody went from that to like having this physique. And like, this is something that could be achievable for me. Um, and so that's really what motivated me to start getting competitive with, um, you know, lifting and stuff. No. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Well, yeah, there's definitely a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah, I think first of all, yeah, I think you really highlighted, I feel like what a lot of people do, I think in the beginning of their fitness journey, um, not only with the starting different fad diets, you know, I feel like that's just so tempting because, you know, I, and I really don't blame people. You know, I think all of us here on the council would agree that, you know, a lot of people, they just don't know, you know, and yeah. there's so much, yeah, there's so much conflicting information out there. You don't know who to listen to. So you yeah. think you're doing what you're supposed to do. Just like what you said with keto, you're like, well, everyone else is doing it and it seems to be working for them. So I guess this is what you do. Or and then you get into that mentality that is fed to you by the body positivity commun community. That is your body has like this set place that, you know, if you just can't lose weight, like then that's how you're supposed to be. And like, you know, and so then when you start failing at diet after diet, you go, okay, well maybe they have something here. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe I will never lose weight. Maybe I just need to be happy with where I am. Um, and I think it just allows people to like get to settle for where they are and not make those improvements. It's like the wrong information is actually way worse than having no information in certain ways. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, Alex, no, you're, you're safe here talking about the body positivity <laughs> movement because yeah, there's, I think the body positivity movement and specifically, and I'm sure you've probably heard of this, but the health at every size movement. Yes. Are you familiar with them? Yeah. Yeah. So again, I'll, 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 I'll personally accept the hate mail for this. I will, I'll <laughs> leave you guys out of it, but the body positivity movement and the health at every size movement, I think the intentions are good. Oh, absolutely. I understand. And I agree with the intentions and why they started, Yeah, you know, radical body acceptance and self-love in theory, all of those are great, right? Yeah. There's in fact that we need those, you know, and we need more of those, but you're right, Alex. I think you hit the nail right on the head that sometimes those intentions and that movement is then twisted into a way that it's, oh, if you're not treating yourself 24 seven with food and alcohol and whatever your heart desires, then you're restrictive. And that means you hate yourself. And basically eating yourself to death is like a form of self-love, Yeah, you know? And it's like, and, and, and that's just, I see that taken to the extreme in very rare cases, you know what yeah. I mean? But so and I, still I think, think online that extreme, I mean, and I think this is with everything that that extreme is um, amplified. I think mm -hmm. that the amount of people in real life that are living to that extreme aren't as many 
people that are showing it online and those voices yeah. are amplified because they get a mm -hmm. lot of followers um but like like what i personally experienced was like my friend you know when i first started like restricting calories you know everybody views restriction as such a negative word um you know my friend was like getting so upset with me and like telling me that i had an eating disorder because i was counting calories and right. doing my macros and all of this stuff and um mm. you know i really started questioning myself and like it was almost like she was gaslighting me to the point where I was going do I have an eating disorder like is this something that I need to look into so I I you know I already have a therapist um for like my depression and anxiety so I just talked to her about it and I was like like do I have an eating disorder and we went through the things and she's like um yeah actually you do you have binge eating disorder and I was like oh I'm like, my <laughs> friend's been trying to tell me that I have anorexia this whole time and I'm like, and actually I have like the opposite issue where when I get stressed or upset or overwhelmed, I end up binge eating. And so that was like why I was putting on so much weight is because I was not exercising or anything, um, you know, back when I was in um, college or high school. And so it was like, I would have these binging episodes. And so I'd put on like, let's say three pounds or whatever after a binging episode, but then I would never do anything to lose that weight. Cause I was in maintenance calories the rest of the time. So it was just, I was slowly just putting on this weight with every binge I had. And so now by having specific nutritional goals, that's actually helped me reduce my binging episodes because I'm eating for a purpose to fuel my body. And when I want to treat my myself I make it fit my macros so then I'm still like enjoying the things I like like cake and last night I had pizza to celebrate my post-competition um and you know and I didn't have to feel guilty about that at all but I also didn't eat like a whole pizza by myself absolutely and honestly Alex I feel like the the, the people that you mentioned that want to you know diagnose you with an eating disorder when you know they're not qualified to do so it's uh, honestly for me like when I first came out and I, I announced that I'd sort of lost weight and things like that. Um, uh, what is it? Um, yeah, I lost friends. I lost about four or five friends. Yep. And I know I've mentioned it with the, with the council before, um, that, um, that, yeah, what was it? When I first announced that I'd lost my first 50 pounds, you know, I posted it on social media and, you know, it wasn't even a post where I was like, oh, look at me. I'm so much better than you. And, you know, it was, it had nothing to do with it. You know, it was like, oh, look at all you lazy people out there not losing weight. Like I, I, I really, I really cannot emphasize how much the post truly was just like, oh, I'm just so proud of myself. You know, I set this goal out for myself and I worked hard and I reached this goal and I'm so, I'm just so proud and I feel so good about myself and the hate. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's, oh, you're fat phobic. You're mm -hmm. fat shaming people because you're talking about losing weight and you should have just been happy with your body the way that it is. And you're just, um, promoting diet culture and this and that. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, well, I just, said and I don't know if the, the men here experience that as much because I just feel like from my experience that this is something that is very, um, toxic. That's in the, the female fitness community. Um, because it's, it's just one of those things where you're always comparing yourself to the next person. And if you, if you don't feel like you're like as good as that person, it's like easier to like hate them than to be proud of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's like one of the things that like, really like, actually I love about the powerlifting community is, um, everybody is just so supportive and yeah. everybody wants you like at those competitions, nobody is like sitting there going, Oh, I hope this person fails their lift. So I can <laughs> place better, you yeah. know, like everybody wants to see that person make that like crazy number, like put those high numbers up there and you don't want to lose by default like you don't want to lose because the person next to you didn't weigh in or you don't want to lose or like or you don't yeah. want to like win because like the person like failed their three lifts and they just didn't put a number up for one of their lifts like you want them to hit that big lift and then you want to go in and beat their number you know mm. and and it's one of those things where it's like it's a positive competition versus like this negative like toxic competition mm. yeah Okay. So, so Alex, so tell me, so it sounds like in your journey, you, you struggled a bit with nutrition at first. You, you got on the right course after talking to your, your provider, um, you know, really worked on nutrition, started getting more scientific with your workout. So at what point did you realize you were ready to hire a coach for yourself? So I think I realized it earlier than I actually hired a coach. Um, 
but um it's expensive as you guys know and the first thing i will say is even though it's expensive it is the best money i've ever spent in my entire life so just like shout out to anybody who's listening to this and it's like oh i wish i could hire a coach but like it's so pricey like it is so worth it um i I just kept being like, oh, there's so much information on the internet. I can look it up. I can do this myself, you know, all of this stuff. Um, And I just like wasn't seeing the results that I wanted to see. And for a year, I trained in bodybuilding by myself just by doing research online and like following different bodybuilding um, forums. I was on like the, the subreddit for bodybuilding. And I remember I posted a picture. I was supposed to compete in a show um, November 20... 18 I think and I trained for a whole year by myself and I posted a picture I was like probably 16 weeks out or something and some girl what she was just being trying to be nice like and be realistic but she was like you are nowhere near ready to be on a stage and I was just like crushed and I just was like okay maybe I can't do this alone um so I ended up, um, one of my friends was, um, using a bodybuilding, um, team called see you later leaner out of Ohio. And, um, her coach, um, Adam Atkins, uh, was full. He didn't have any other, um, like spots for clients, but he had two people on the West coast that were, um, on his team that were accepting clients. So, um, my coach, Zach Peters accepted me, um, onto his team and I started working with him. And um, one of like the first things that like shocked me so much was that he was like, you are not eating anywhere near enough. And I was like, but I want to be super lean to get up on stage. You have to be really, really lean. And he's like, yeah, right. but you have to have muscle to be able to like compete, you know? And so I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay. I mean, I was like, but I'm like gaining muscle. I was like, aren't, but I'm doing my workouts. And he's like, yeah, but if you're not eating enough protein, he's like, you're not going to gain the muscle. And that was just something that I had read, but it just didn't make sense to me until he like showed me like the macro breakdown that I needed and like all this stuff. So within like, I don't know, probably six months of doing his like glute specifically workouts and his shoulder workouts and eating on his um, nutrition plan like the difference I saw in like my shoulders and my glutes which are like the two most important things in um, bikini competition like it was just night and day difference and I'm like I literally did this by myself for a year and saw little to no change you know except for maybe a little bit of extra weight loss but like my muscles were not making like my actual physique wasn't changing and you know working with a coach for six months it was like I was just like, why did I not do this sooner? I could have been literally a year further along. Um, And then after talking to him, he's like, every single bodybuilding coach has a coach. He's like, even if you're a coach, like you have, I have a coach. And so I was like, oh, I never even like thought about that. So do you attribute the biggest difference to be the food or the workouts or both? Or like the Um, programming, I should say. I think... I think the food would be the bigger one personally, because I didn't realize it until I started like actually following a meal plan that I was fitting everything into my macros. Like, so I guess my macros were just off. I was like trying to, I wanted to eat more fat. I wanted to eat lots of cheese. (laughs) And so that was like, my priority was like, how can I stay my calorie goal and be able to eat as much cheese as I can eat? And then I was realizing that I was like skimping really hard on my protein because I was like, oh, cheese has protein. So this is fine. But like, Mm. just, it wasn't lining up. And then I also wasn't fueling my workouts eh, properly because I wasn't eating enough because I was trying to get so much fat and because fat is so calorie heavy. Um, I just wasn't feeling full. And so I would be starving after my workouts and then I would go home and I would like eat like a bunch of Oreos, but I wouldn't track those because I was like, Oh, like, it's just, it's a snack after my workout. It's fine. And so then when my coach was like, no, like you need to track literally every single thing you need to have this much protein every single day. And then also, um, he just talked to me a lot more about like muscle, um, mind connection and stuff. And I realized I was like going through the motions of like some of these things. I was like, oh, I'm mm. doing glute bridges, but I was just like, how fast can I do these so I can get out of the gym? You know? Yeah, so, yeah. so like actually taking my time and like doing these, um, uh, you know, 
exercises with like much more focus on like the muscles that I'm trying to build and like focusing on that connection um, just really improved. I think the quality of my workouts like really drastically. Nice. It's, it's so great having somebody on who's such a good uh, advertisement for coaches. Um, I agree with everything you said though. Um, yeah. it's, it's so true. I think even, even if you, even if you hypothetically your coach knew less than you, it would still be really valuable. So let yeah. alone having a coach who knows, who knows loads more. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that like, you know, he, my coach has been competing in bodybuilding for a long time. And then his wife, Kat, she's also a bodybuilding coach. And so whenever I'm having like a girl issue that I'm like, Zach, you won't understand this. He's always like, talk to Kat. And so then even though Kat's not my coach, like I can go to her and be like, look, like I'm just like, when I'm on my period, I have to eat chocolate and I don't know what to do about it. And she's like, okay, well, like let's brainstorm away so we can get you to have some chocolate without bro like blowing through your macros. So it's like really cool to like have, um, especially if you're going to do something that's like a, a competition style thing having an actual team versus even just like one single coach is like cool because you have like a bunch of different resources um so yeah yeah that yes. sounds ideal and it sounds yeah. really wholesome as well so yeah yeah they're <laughs> awesome yeah definitely have a, uh, yeah you're right a team of people so at what point so you were mentioning before we started recording that you actually have two different coaches so yes when mm. when did the second coach come along and how did that work for you um so last november i was supposed to compete in my first bodybuilding show and i got down to the leanest that i had ever been so i was um i went from being 178 was my highest recorded weight and I got down to 128. So that was my um, lowest weight. My wow. coach said he wanted me to be at least 110 pounds on stage um, or 105 would be ideal. And when I say those numbers to people who don't understand bodybuilding, like people just like freak out and they're like, that's way too skinny. Like you'd be wasting away. Like that's like whatever. And so I always have to like, try to put like a little, like, um, you know, exception thing that it's like being stage lean is not healthy and if you're going to go into bodybuilding you just have to have an understanding of that as when you're walking on to the stage you are not in a like a tip-top healthy state of your body like probably like eight weeks out you're actually like at your peak physical health and then those last eight weeks like you're pushing it to look get that really ex extreme physique um that the judges want to see. So, um, and it's just like anything, like I say with like football, people do football knowing that they're going to get concussions, knowing that there's going to be health risks to it. It's a sport. So like with any sport, there are health risks. Um, so I got down to 128 and that was actually, I felt really good. I felt that was like the leanest I'd ever been, but I still felt really healthy. Um, and then I actually went through like a, a pretty traumatic experience um, and I kind of felt like my entire world was falling apart just in my personal life. Um, and I like had a horrible binging episode and I, which I hadn't binged basically at all throughout that entire prep. Um, and I ended up calling my coach Zach and was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I feel horrible. Like we had just cut my calories down pretty low to like start like really making some moves towards that show. Um, I explained to him the whole situation of what was going on in my personal life and like kind of where my mental health was. Um, and he was like, Alex, I know you don't want to hear this, but I don't think you should do this show. He was like, your mental health is way more important than getting on stage. He's like, there will be other shows in the future. Um, he's like, we need to focus on what's going to be good for your, like your long-term health and not just like doing whatever it takes to get to the show so at first I was like pissed I was like this is like what I've worked the past two years for like everything in my life is going wrong and now you're gonna take the one thing away from me you know that I like have and I was like mad I was like gonna I oh gosh if he listens to this I was like I was like I'm gonna fire him I'm like I'm not gonna oh, no. yeah I was like so pissed and so but you didn't but, so you, no, you shouldn't but be I too offended no 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 and so then I like I thought about it for a while and I'm like yeah I'm like you know what and I actually talked to my therapist about it and she's like look she's like if you're in this rough of a mental state and she's like and then you're gonna have to cut your calories down to like mm. a thousand or lower calories a day like that is not going to put you in a better mental space and so right. I agreed and um me and me and Zach had uh after a few days we kind of had a regrouping and he was like let's just move straight into a build season 
and he's like let's focus on building more muscle making you feel strong he's like you're you're feeling mentally weak right now he's like so if we make you feel physically stronger you're gonna feel mentally stronger and I was like well I've been working so hard and I'm like I don't have anything motivating me right now to make me go forward and he was like well why don't you try competing in powerlifting He's like, we could do a cycle of power building. He's like, you can, that'll be a great way for you to put on more muscle and, you know, work towards those goals, but you'll have a meet date set. And so I was like, okay, like that sounds, you know, like a good idea. So I met with a um, local, I'd already started going to a, a, like a barbell gym that like focuses more on powerlifting. Um, but there's also a lot of bodybuilders that go there too. And so I met with, um, the powerlifting coach there who I had already known just from going to the gym and kind of told her what was going on. And she wants to convert everybody to powerlifting. So she's <laughs> like, yeah, like let's do it. Um, and at first, like when I first had talked to her and I had actually done like, I think two or three sessions with her before that, um, just cause I wanted help with my squat form. Cause I have, um, some issues with my knees. And so I was like, I'm, I'm having issues. Like when I get, like, I can't hit depth in my squats. And so she was like, okay, like, and so she did like three sessions with me and my depth was like improved so dramatically just like within three sessions. So I felt pretty confident in hiring her. And she's also like, um, her name is Rebecca Solomon. Um, she goes by Nas. That's her like middle shortened middle name, but, um, she, she's beaten a bunch of state records and you know, all this stuff. So she's like amazing. Um, and she's also short like me. So I knew she would like understand my body, um, and like what it could handle and stuff. And, um, so I started training with her and we trained for six months and then I competed in my first, um, powerlifting competition this, uh, past April. Um, so that was just like a really, uh, cool, like, uh, just, I don't know. It was like, and like my mental health throughout that period really did improve. Like Zach was totally right. Um, you know, the rest of the things that were kind of going on wrong in my life at that time kind of did slowly resolve themselves. Um, but I kind of had this powerlifting competition to be like the thing to like look forward to that just kept driving me forward, um, kept making me get up and going to the gym, even though I felt super unmotivated and like really didn't want to. Um, but I, uh, I was, you know, able to keep pushing through just because I was like, I know, like, if I keep doing this, like, I'm going to be able to have that competition day, even if it's not stepping on a bodybuilding stage, like I originally wanted to. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. What? So wait, so I'm curious, how did your workouts change? So like your workouts, when you were working with your bodybuilding coach, and then when you and your coach decided it was time to fo- to switch from bodybuilding to competitive powerlifting or at least powerlifting in general and muscle building, how did your actual workouts change in the gym if, if they did? Yeah. So they actually tra- changed really dramatically. And at first I hated it um, because it was a huge shift. So Zach um, ended up keeping my nutrition the whole time. So even though I was training with Nas for um, powerlifting workouts, he kept doing my nu- nutrition and basically just focused on keeping me in a um, muscle building um phase with my macros and everything. And then, um, I went from in bodybuilding, you're doing a lot of like lower weights, high reps, lots of focus on, um, shoulders and glutes for bikini. So I was doing like a ton of glute bridges, um, lots of, um, you know, like kickbacks, um, lat raises, really trying to like work on the shoulders, shrugs, and it's like all low weight, high repetition. Um, my workouts would take like hours. Well, okay. That's exaggerating two, two hours at most, but it would just be like moving like the whole time. Cause you're just like doing rep after rep right. power, power lifting is very different because you do, um, like, let's say three, super heavy deadlifts and then you go find a beanbag chair and curl up for like 10 minutes <laughs> and chill and then get up and do five more and then go and then lay down again and then just like and it's like I am such a anxious person that was such a hard shift mentally mm. for me um to go from just moving the whole time um and doing a ton of cardio to like being like my coach was like no cardio like Nas was like no cardio and I'm like what do you mean no cardio and she's like (laughs) she's like no we're we're just building like there's no cutting and she was like and that was like something that me and Nas um which I can kind of talk about that a little bit more about my competition this weekend but something we kind of disagreed on is she wanted me to gain weight because she is like the heavier Mm. you are the more weight you can pull up and um I was like no I worked super hard to 
get to a lower weight, I don't want to gain more weight. Um, so when I switched with her, I went from my lowest weight, which was 128, up back up to 152. And that was super hard mentally for me because I, I went with, yeah, with the I, amount you're training as well. So you're training less. That's what's difficult about moving from bodybuilding to powerlifting. Yeah. Because you're training less. Mm-hmm. And then you're almost always encouraged to eat more or, or to, yeah. to be putting on weight. Oh, and yeah. you're like, and so, you're like, but I'm not training as, as much. Yeah. And like in those like those post-workout meals when I was like bodybuilding, you know, it was like I was so hungry by the time I got home. I was like, oh gosh, I can't wait to get home and eat. But I, after a powerlifting workout, I'm like, I feel like I barely did anything. And, mm. and I, I got to the point where I was like, in some some days I was like force feeding myself because I was like, I have to get this protein in, you know? And so it, it was definitely a big mental jump. And And looking at myself in the mirror was weird because I was like, okay, I weigh 150 pounds now, which, you know, I'm mad about, but my body didn't look like I had gained that much weight because it was like my composition was different. So I definitely did put on more fat, but I also put on a a lot more muscle. So it was like, I didn't look the same that I thought I was going to. So it was kind of like this weird mental thing where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so big right now because I weigh more. But then I look at myself in the mirror and my shoulders were broader and my, you know, and you could actually like see like definition where you had never been able to see before. Um, So it was very weird to be like, okay, like, yes, I weigh more, but it's not, and yes, some of it's fat, but it's not all fat. Um, So when we got, so that first meet, I ended up, um, I I didn't think I was going to place at all because I was like, it's my first meet, you know, whatever. And so we actually ended up leaving early because I, it was a long drive and I was like, I just want to get out of here. I want to go home. Um, and a few weeks after the meet, um, some girl DM'd me on Instagram and she was like, Hey, um, I won third place at this meet that you were competing at, but they counted my last deadlift and I, I failed it. So I shouldn't have gotten that. And you actually won. And I was like, Oh, so it was kind of cool that she, and and that's kind of, again, what's different about the body or the powerlifting community versus Mm. like, just like the weight loss community, I guess, is that it's like the fact that she like hit me up to be like, Oh, like you should have won this award. And so she actually contacted the USPL and like had them change it. So like I got credit for that competition and then she like sent me the third place trophy in the mail. So I would have it. So that was like really cool. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, I love that you really hit on the head what a lot of people struggle with, myself included. So I am mostly projecting at my own issues here, <laughs> but it's that shift, especially, and I feel like it especially hits women. I'm not saying that men don't experience this, mm. but especially women accepting that, yeah, to build muscle and to get stronger, you have to eat more. And that means that you're going to put on a little bit of weight, but, but you, that you are the living example, Alex, that, yeah, you can, so yeah, you went from what, 128 to 150, which just number wise, that looks like a huge jump, Yeah. but, but just what you said, your body looked different than it did at 150, maybe when you were first going and you're going strictly just with your weight loss journey. Well, and and the thing that I use as like a good scale and um, kind of an explanation for people is like my pant sizes and how those changed um, over that course of time. So I was wearing like a size um, 14-ish pants when I was like my heaviest weight um, and they were like loose in my thigh area, but tight around my waist. And then when I got down to 128, I was wearing a size six jeans and they were Um, they fit me fine and they were, they fit my thighs fine and whatever. And then when I got up to 150, I had to go up to a size eight. So just one size more for my waist, but it fit around my waist. But then my thighs were like super, super tight, even at a size, (laughs) you know, eight. So it's like the weight was not, I mean, yeah, I had gained a little bit around my waist, but it was primarily my thighs because I was, you know, my quads were growing so much. Mm. Hey, you got thick. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to say, that's where my uh, Instagram handle comes from is the gothic with two C's fitness. So <laughs> that's yeah, but no, but no, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It is, it is such a hard mental shift. And again, I feel like for men, it's a little bit easier, but for women just being told like, it's okay to gain weight, like, you know, 
men who don't understand how much like from a young age, like we're told as girls, like you got to be thin, you got to be thin, like don't eat that mm-hmm. you're going to gain weight, gain, like gaining weight is bad. That is, you know, and so accepting that like it can be healthy to gain weight and you can feel stronger and your body can still look strong, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a really difficult mental hurdle to get through for sure. Yeah. Um, And like when I was like younger, you know, one of the issues I always had that kind of led into like my insecurities about my body was my dad. He would always make comments on what I was eating. You know, um, my sister's always been super thin. And so I was always like the fat sister and she was always like the thin uh, sister. And they would like, he would actually like say that out loud. Um, and I remember like walking down the hallway and he'd be like, Oh, we can hear Alex coming, you know, just cause I was like oh wa- walking. And so now it's like to go from like being like, Oh, I need to walk step quieter and be more petite and be more delicate to like being like picking up 250 pounds in the gym and slamming it down you know it's just it's such a empowering thing to like learn that it's okay to take up space and like it's okay to like you know be loud and you know just I don't know wear bigger pants if your thighs don't fit in them and it's like the the number doesn't mean anything and you know it's just it's how you feel and your physical health and if you're feeling strong and you're feeling mentally strong and like that's what's you know so much more important than a number on a scale or numbers on your pants or anything like that yeah yeah and Alex and I love what you brought up too so for anybody listening um you know, so Alex sort of mentioned it briefly, but yeah, bodybuilding. So the competitive body bodybuilding, what Alex is talking about, if you're not familiar with it, yeah, those are, maybe you've seen it in movies or maybe you've seen it in passing on social media. That's where, just like what Alex described, it's, it's women in very skimpy bikinis, you know, very tan, very muscular, and they are down to, you know, a very, very low body fat percentage. Yeah, so, under, under like 12% is usually like competitive or like you, to, you, if you want to be competitive at all, you have to be under 12% and like you, and like 5% would be like ideal, but it's like really difficult for women to get oh, down to 5%. Yeah. So. And quite dangerous as well, isn't it? For women? I think yeah. five, yeah. A lot of women, um, if they get down that low, which I was going to say that it's very, very difficult for a woman to get that down that low. That's more of for men's bodybuilding, but a lot of these women lose their period. Um, you know, a lot of these, uh, women have hormonal issues that have to be corrected after the fact. And I, you know, and I don't want to make bodybuilding seeming like it's all terrible because I love it. And that's what I eventually want to do, but it is one of those things where it's a sport that has risks associated with it and you really have to understand it and like know what you're doing to your body and um you know know how to cycle um on and off season so you're not like yeah. staying that lean year round because that is a hundred percent not healthy mm. yeah. right absolutely but, but like, also for anybody listening this is like if you're competing yeah um, you know there's obviously different levels to this this is we, we could describe that as pro or like elite when you when you're really committing to it um yeah. there can be side effects like that especially I mean, if it's not managed, but generally, if you are committing to it that much, you should kind of know about this and be able to, to temper it. And, and, and that's another reason to have a really experienced coach is so you're yes. not doing yeah. something that's dangerous, you know, yeah. that without somebody who's like, you know, guiding you through the process. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Someone, someone to help keep you safe through the yeah. process. Absolutely. So, yeah. So to wrap things up, yeah. Tell me about, so it sounds like you had a meet, um, yesterday. So yeah. Yeah. Tell us about how things went yesterday. Um, so I, that would be like the, the perfect time to talk about how my two coaches kind of came together a little bit, um, uh, unknowingly and, uh, it, it could have been very bad, but it ended up being very good. So, uh, (laughs) I was not happy at 150 pounds. Um, you know, it was good for that meet. It allowed me to have a really good first successful meet, but I was still just like, you know, especially since I have these knee issues, once I get up to around 150 pounds, my knees start hurting. So I knew I wanted to cut down to the next lowest weight class. Um, so that would have been 132.2. So I basically had six months to go from 150 pounds to 132.2 without losing muscle because I was trying to compete again in six months. Mm -hmm. So, um, my bodybuilding coach again was handling my diet and my powerlifting coach was handling my workouts. And, um, I 
as I was getting leaner, um, my bench specifically started suffering a little bit because when you're um, losing weight, your bench is kind of the first thing to go. Um, and so I, my, Nas was like, I don't understand like why you're not being able to put up, you know, this number that I was like projecting you to put up. And I was like standing there like with my hands on my hips. And I'm like, I don't know, man, like it's so <laughs> weird. And she's like, and she's like looking at me and she goes, how much do you weigh right now? And I was like, 136. And she was like, the last time I talked to you, you were 150 pounds. And I was like, I told you I didn't want to be 150 pounds anymore. And so she was like, so she was pissed and I could tell she was pissed. And so, but she's super nice and super professional. So it's like, I could tell she was pissed, but she was like super professional about it. And she's like, okay, she's like, this is what we're going to do. She's like, we're going to drop your openers a little bit. And she's like, and she's like, are you going to plan on cutting down to 132.2? And I'm like, well, I'm so close. I'm like, I think I'm going to do it. And she was like, okay. She's like, but she, she's like, you have to understand that like, your lifts might suffer. And so I was like, okay, so let me here. I'm just going to pull it up so I can read it to you. Cause this is, I, this is the craziest weight cut I've ever done in my life. So, um, I had a well, so I started my period, which, you know, if you're a woman competing in sports, that's always a thing that sucks if like to be a girl instead of a guy, because it's like, that's the thing where you could be perfectly on track, like you're hitting your macros perfectly, then you start your period and everything like goes out the window and they don't care. So um, I yeah, went, I went to bed the night before my weigh in, and I was 136.5. So this is the night before I have to weigh in. Oh, and you needed to get down to 132.2, was it? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, and I was, I was get, I was like 134 a couple of days before, but then I started my period. So I, I went to bed at 136.5. That day, I stopped eating at noon. And then at 8 p.m., I stopped drinking. And then I went to bed the whole night I could barely sleep because my mouth was so dry. It was like Ugh. literally like waking me up in the middle of the night. And then I got up in the morning and Nas let me borrow her portable sauna. So I get into the sauna and I've like got it on and I'm like sitting in there and my husband comes in and I'm like, man, I'm not feeling very good. I'm like, I think I'm going to get out and take a break. And so I stand up and I literally just fall flat on my face oh. and oh my I just gosh. am laying there and I think that my husband thought I was just being dramatic because he was just like you're fine and just like walks out <laughs> and so I'm just like laying there and so I'm like okay I gotta get up so I get up and I go to the bathroom and I'm like literally like dry heaving and nothing is coming up because I have nothing in my stomach and then I get on the scale and I weighed like 134 um Oof. and or 134.5 so then I'm like okay I gotta go back in the sauna so I go back in the oh, sauna no. I'm in there for like five minutes and I start blacking out and I'm like okay I gotta cut this I can't do it so I get out of the sauna and I get a sweatsuit on we get in the car and we're we have to drive to Ohio so I have the heat cranked up I've got my heated seat on I've got my sweatsuit on and um I'm just trying to sweat out as much as possible and the whole time I have a Mc I, I forgot a water bottle so I'm like spitting into a McDonald's bag that my husband got a McMuffin on our way up there and I'm, so I'm like oh watching gosh. watching him eat a McMuffin and he's drinking a Diet Coke and I'm just like so thirsty and spitting oh, into this McDonald's God. bag and then uh I get to the competition and I weigh in um and I'm 0.5 pounds over and so I'm like, okay, a half a pound. And so I text my bodybuilding coach and I'm like, I'm a half a pound over. What should I do? And he's like, put, put a track suit on, put a sweat, a waist trainer on and get on the treadmill. And I'm like, okay. So I get on the treadmill. Oh my I do 30 minutes of cardio and I'm spitting into a cup the whole time. Um, I get off, I weigh myself again. I'm 0.4 pounds over still. So I get back oh. on the treadmill, 30 Whoa. more minutes, still spitting in a cup. I get back on, I'm 0.2 pounds over. And so oh, I'm like, okay, I was like, this is it. I'm like 30 more minutes. And so then there's another girl who was also spitting in a cup and she comes over and she's like, are you trying to make weight? And I go, yeah. She's like, do you have any gum? And I was like, no. And she's like, okay, chew on this gum. And she's like, and spit. And she's like, don't swallow, don't, like, don't swallow that, like your spit, don't swallow the gum, just chew on the gum and spit. And once you stop getting spit, get a new piece of gum. And I was like, okay. So this girl was mm, cutting. Better. Yeah. And she was cutting to be in the same weight class as me. And she comes over and starts helping me cut Aww. so I can make it too, which again is like one of those things about powerlifting that I just think is so cool. Like I'm this girl's competition, but she doesn't want to win by default. So she's like, come yeah. on, like, let's get, let's get you there. Um, so finally I go in there and I, the, the lady who's weighing in, I go, 
can I get naked? Because, like, at this point in time, I was, like, wearing, like, a sports bra and, like, a thong. And she's, like, I mean, if that's what you got to do. So I, I take <laughs> no. all my clothes off. I stand on the scale. And I hit exactly well, 60 kilograms. Nice. Oh, whoa. So I weighed in perfect. And <laughs> So then I get a very angry text message from Nas going, are you on the treadmill? You're not supposed to be on the treadmill. That's why I gave you that sauna. What are you doing? And so I'm like, I'm like, I could not do the sauna anymore, Nas. And I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I had to. And so then the whole day, she's like, you need to be texting me like every hour and letting me know how you're feeling. She made me drive to the, the nearest city and get an IV, like from one of those IV bars. So, and she was, she had told me like the day before, I want you to weigh 140 pounds on meat day. So I weighed in at 132.2. I ate all day long. I I went and got my IV done. I went back, just rested in the hotel the next or the whole day. The next morning, I woke up. I weighed myself. I was 140.8. Oh, oh wow! Nice. So you put yeah. eight pounds back on. Yep. Wow. Uh, and Jesus. so then after all of that, I ended up going into the competition. Um, I ended up doing uh, hitting seven of my nine lifts. I ended up PRing my squat. And then I took home second place in my weight class. So nice, congrats! Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the meet, Nas came up to me and she was like, "Okay, she's like, she's like, your squats look the best that they've ever looked today." And she's like, "And you were right. You made the right call by cutting into this weight class." She's like, "I'm sorry, I was mad at you." (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! It made it all worth it. What? Tail. Yeah, what a roller coaster. Oh yeah. my goodness. Well, okay, so day after the meet, how are you feeling now? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling really good. This morning I was really tired, um, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling good. I My last deadlift, I ended up, not, that's the only thing I'm a little bit mad about is I, I had one deadlift that I really wanted to hit and I didn't get it, but it was my last lift of the day. And I think I was just exhausted. And, um, of course. Yeah. And like when I, when I pulled it, I think I also had like force fed myself a little too much to the point where I was just like really full. So with my belt on and like when I went to pull, it kind of like, I I just like felt in my stomach. I was like, Oh, like that didn't feel like quite right. So I just decided to like, just put it down because I didn't want to risk like hurting myself. And so um, I have like a little bit of a sore spot, like on my stomach where, where I pulled that. But um, besides that, I'm feeling pretty good. And the rest of the week, um, I'm just uh, resting. She, uh, Nas told me, I, she's like, only do machines this week. She's like, like three workouts, really light, just keep your muscles moving, but nothing heavy. So I'm just going to enjoy my, I wore my medal all day yesterday. I went out and got pizza <laughs> for dinner, wore my medal to the pizza place. I felt like a little kid, like after a soccer game. Or yes. Yeah, it was awesome. So you earned it. You yeah. earned it though. Nice. nice well yeah no that that was no that was a lot of really awesome insight into more of the competitive side of fitness right I mean for anybody who's listening who is just trying to get in the gym to feel good this is all optional right (laughs) you don't you don't have to get into exactly (laughs) I mean yeah this is yeah no one no one made Alex do this you know she was not under duress no Uh, so so yeah and that's the thing is it's got to be something that you love to do because yeah that's the thing it's like anything that you love is like going to be work like worth working for and like worth fighting for you know and so mm-hmm. it's like I would never like if you are not interested in like lifting like super super heavy and doing power lifting then like no like absolutely don't do it because it's hard you know but like you know the thing that I always like tell people is like find something that you do like whether it's like doing like aerial silks or yoga or like they're biking there's so many fitness things that you can do um and that you enjoy and then you're going to want to push yourself a little harder because you Mm -hmm. like it and and then if you can hire a coach for whatever your you know physical activity of choices then you're just going to be able to get better at it and do it better and do it safer and really see those results and those changes that are going to motivate you to keep going and you know hiring a coach was like what made me want to be competitive in other areas you know I hired this bodybuilding coach and then he was like well why don't you start doing power power building well I could have just done power building as a a means to you know become like better bodybuilder but I was like no if I'm gonna do this I'm gonna hire a coach and I'm gonna be really really good at it so yeah yeah no that's great that's awesome 
That's awesome. So yeah, so what's what's next for you then? So I'm going into a kind of a long build season now. So that's like a, a little bit of a downer today for me was like realizing like, okay, I don't have any um, competitions coming up. Um, so I'm gonna have to stay motivated through kind of a long build season. Um, but I'm gonna take uh, at least uh, nine months to a year off and just really focus on um, building my strength and also going back into the um, bodybuilding side of things a little bit more. When I switched to power lifting, I ended up losing a little bit of that um, shoulder and glute uh, mm -hmm. shape that I had before. So I'm really going to focus on um, perfecting more of like the, the actual my actual physique um, the aesthetics yeah 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 and so because like right the past year has just been about strength and so um right. i think if i can do um some more accessory building too though it's going to help like my overall lifts be better too because it won't just be those you know main muscles um it'll i'll have the accessory muscles to like support um the the bigger lifts yeah. so that's going to be kind of my next year that i'm going to focus on that um but i also have plans to um hopefully launch a t-shirt uh like fitness clothing line uh Ooh. yeah kind of through my tattoo company so that's kind of what i'm i'm doing next i'm working on some like um fitness apparel um and so i'm gonna just kind of uh i don't know take a take a year ish off competing and just really focus on like building like my brand and uh also just like my physique a little bit more and then hopefully next year i'll be doing um more powerlifting competitions and my first actual uh bikini show nice i can't believe you're doing both that's so great that's, yeah. it must be really hard balance like so your your next nine months um let's say do you have an idea on how you're going to program it like for example what kind of free well how many times a week do you think you're going to be training you're going to be splitting it up as bodybuilding powerlifting you're going to be trying to hybridize it in each session do you, do you have any idea yet yeah so i'm actually meeting with my coaches or well i'm going to do like a, a skype meeting with my uh, coach Zach and then I'm going to meet with uh, Nas later this week but um, what I'm going to suggest and kind of see what they their opinion is is doing uh, I like training five days a week that's just like my preference and then I want to try to do three days where I have a um, like a squat bench deadlift day for three days and then two days that I prioritize bodybuilding mm -hmm. but then have my accessories on my squat bench deadlift day um be more focused towards bodybuilding mm -hmm. um so I'll have like probably one day of my bodybuilding day will be just like solely glute focused um and I'll also probably uh be trying to do a, a decent amount of cardio just because I don't want to um, put on a ton more weight from where I'm at right now. I'd like to stay around this weight because I'm happy. Um, just like I feel really good at this weight. Sure. Um, but I, I told my mom last night because my mom is, you know, one of those people that are like, oh, I'm so worried you can't lose any more weight or you're going to waste away. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not that small. But um, I'm like, I would love to like lose 20 pounds of fat and gain 10 pounds of muscle. I'm like, that would be amazing. So that's kind of going to be like what my, um, you know, focus is, is just like gaining that muscle. So then when it's time and I can cut like that 20 pounds mm -hmm. of fat, then yeah. I kind of have that like dream physique that I've been, well, but be beginner dream physique. Well, yeah. you know, I'll start there, but <laughs> so yeah, lofty goals. So that's yep. so exciting. Um, yeah, we definitely want to follow along. I will. Uh, I will be posting when I post this episode on Instagram. I will make sure that you can follow Alex on her two social medias uh, because yeah, we actually we can we talk just for like one second about what an awesome tattoo artist you are like how is that going <laughs> good yeah I actually my books are closed for the rest of the year so that's like crazy um and I yeah I I honestly like I feel like I have a little bit of like imposter syndrome sometimes because I just am like it just seems wild that I like don't have space to put anybody on my books like wow. um so I'm planning on reopening uh I they've been closed for a little bit now just because I was like I don't know what I'm going to be doing in 2022 like that some, seemed like such a long time away so once we get to November I'm going to be opening my books up again to take on more clients but um that's kind of what over um the holidays and stuff I'm going to start um trying to get like the what t-shirt company I'm going to be using for like my um you know I'm going to do kind of like a a hybrid of like fitness like like slogans and stuff and like fitness like uh you know imagery but like with more of like a tattoo like traditional tattoo yeah. feel. So, oh, that's awesome yeah. yeah so when are you becoming a fitness coach 
<laughs> so, so my aunt um, actually was a bodybuilder. She was like a pro bodybuilder. So she uh, is kind of the one who, you know, was always hoping I would go down this route. So now she's always like, oh yeah, you need to get a certification. You need to start coaching other people. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I do the tattoo thing. I run a dog rescue for blind and deaf dogs. Wow. Um, and then I do powerlifting and bodybuilding on top of that. So I'm like, I don't know if I have any room here yeah. by me to do You're busy. And I like, there are so many coaches out there that are like so great. And I just think that there's so many like Instagram influencers that are just like, oh, I got a following. I'm going to just like randomly become a fitness coach mm. because I have a following. And I just mm. like, I, I just, that doesn't sit right with me. So for me, I'm like, if I want to break into the fitness industry, I'd rather do it in something that I know I'm good at, which is drawing. And so being able to incorporate that into like some clothing designs, I think would be a cool um, addition to, you know, my, yeah. my part into the fitness world. Hmm. Oh, I love it. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Alex. Yeah. Again, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully for everyone listening, you got a little crash course on <laughs> the bodybuilding and powerlifting and just know that you can still be involved in fitness and go to the gym and never have to spit in a cup or sit in a sauna. That was, Absolutely. <laughs> but it's more fun if you do do those it's things. More fun. No, actually, I don't think, I don't think anyone thinks that's fun. No. Um, awesome. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much, Alex. Thanks for being such a good sport and chatting yeah. with us. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah. yeah like I said, really I will. Really interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Make sure to follow Alex on Instagram. Again, I will be post, I will be sharing her tattoo business Instagram and also her fitness Instagram as well. She posts a lot of fun content. And like I said, I'm a little biased because Alex has done one of my pieces that I love. Uh, but yeah, you should definitely give her a follow and hire her. If you need a tattoo, come, come on down to Indiana. And Alex, <laughs> I hope you'll come back for, uh, for combo two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially when you're ready to launch your, your fitness apparel. I oh would yeah. Be, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, that's going to do it for us. So thanks, everybody, for listening. All right, bye. Bye, bye everyone.